0: Right thing. Okay, so there are events that will happen in life, then, that will bring up a lot of thoughts and feelings and whatnot, like that. And so the mind will burn its fin on this. So you might be able to identify those things for yourself of what is our current prison right now. Okay, what, what, what I mean by what is the current prison? What is it that the mind seems to be locked into? And so um, when we have in advance, the um, let us say the guarding of the mind or the, um, the right view, that that particular topic, is now going to be off-limits. Now, I've had many different examples of this through life. One of them would be that the old man had been going to the temple, caring for the temple, friends with all the people in the temple, and doing what he needed to do uh, that assisted both the temple, his family, and the village. And then the young new monk comes from a different walk, and he... and uh that old man get into a fight or an argument with each other and then the old man goes home but this old man being an old dama dude is very very wise in the sense that what he's going to do is he's not going to let any thoughts about that argument come into his mind which means he's not going to let any thoughts of that monk come into his mind because he knows if he thinks about that monk he'll think about the argument Therefore, now he's going to say, let's broaden it because now if I think about the what, think about the temple, then I'll think about that monk and then I'll think about the argument. So now the whole what is off limits. Okay? And that the way then we handle it is that what uh, and everything about it or that whole topic of conversation. Uh, And in some cases, it could be an entire country. Like, don't think about England, anything about England, especially if you come from England and are living in Thailand. (laughs) Why? Because thoughts of home is only going to be negative thoughts. And so we can say, in order to be here now, the very kind of thoughts, homesickness or whatever, uh, remembrance of an argument, Mourning over someone who's died, loss of a job, or any variety of things that the mind tends, because of loss or perhaps uh, gain, will tend to burn on and spin on. And you already know that if you can catch that, you can throw it out. But now you're complaining because you know that you can catch it and throw it out. (laughs) because you have to practice catching it and throwing it out yeah Okay. but here's the point every time you catch those thoughts and throw them out you can have a sigh of relief well I don't have to think about that we can say like Let's putting it, put it out of the mind. Except it's going to come back. Yeah, well, if you here's the thing. If you put it out of the mind, and then later it comes back, is that not better than it came to the mind, you ground on about it, worried about it, and worried about it that whole time, and now when it comes back to mind, well, that's because it's been here all along. Or you can throw it out and now it's gone for a while and then it comes up and you catch it and you throw it out again. and then it Yes, hits, that's and
1: then definitely it. better.
0: Right, that's definitely yeah. better, right. and But what, when you have to throw it out again, you say, well, why do I have to take that effort? And the right answer is, is because that's Dukkha and you can be Dukkha Naroda by be right out. So yeah. having that, that relief of, oh, I'm glad I don't have to think about her anymore. Or, God, I'm glad I don't have to think about Trump anymore. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh boy.
0: So whatever it is that's burning the mind, we can be on guard for that. So that those thoughts, as soon as they come up, They're not going to come up and rumorate around because we are not on guard now that we know what to guard for. We're going to be on guard and not allow those kind of unwholesome thoughts come in. Um,
1: And I I have a question. So it seems like for me, I think I've identified that mostly it's thoughts of the future that I'm preoccupied with deadlines, things I need to get done, all this sort of stuff. I treat that the same way as just thoughts about the past, right? There's not really any difference between the two. It's just my mind grasping on something that's not now.
0: Okay, let's put it this way. The past is gone and dead, period. So there's nothing to be done with that. And so throwing the old past out is good. For the future, there are some things that we need to do mentally. An example of that would be a future thing like Uh, It's time, and I'll use the example of that in Thailand, there's a certain kind of bank account that the U.S. government will put money in, but you have to go to the bank to get that money for Social Security. Uh, The U.S. does not want people in Thailand to die, and then they keep sending money to Thailand for somebody else to get. In the U.S., they have a whole procedure of uh, death certificates, and everybody gets to know, and all of that kind of stuff. But uh, a Westerner can die in Thailand and nobody will ever know. Or the people who do know would not ever tell the embassy or the government or anything because that's just not how things go here. So that bank account is a particular deal between the bank uh, in Thailand and uh, the Social Security that I've got to go to the bank to get that money out. Okay? okay. So all I have to do to get that money out of the bank is to get the bank book and take it to the bank and my passport only two documents I know where they are so I don't have to think about it or dwell upon it I've got everything that I needed okay another idea would be the visa this one's a big one because with the, uh, the retirement visa it takes about uh, a whole, whole stack of papers and, and it winds up being uh, about 20 pages of, of documentation because you've got to get a, a health certificate, you've got to get bank note, you've got to go to the landlord and get several documents from the landlord and a police report and a health report and all of that kind of stuff. It's really complicated but once you get into doing it it's just now we know. Okay so learning what to do is almost always frustrating for people but once we know what we've got to do. Now going to the bank I don't have to go to the bank in my mind. I don't have to remind myself, well, someday I've got to go to the bank. It's not important. So I don't have to think about going to the bank. I don't have to keep bringing it back up in my mind. If I decide that I'm going to go to the bank on next Tuesday, then I don't have to give the bank a thought until it's time to go to the bank next Tuesday. So in that regard, what we're saying is, yes, there's a little bit of planning that we cannot get away from. But once the planning is done, there's nothing left to be done. Yeah. And yet we plan, and yet we do continue to repeat the same plans over and over and over and over again before they're actually done.
1: Yeah, yeah, a million times.
0: Well, that's a little grandiose. Yes, it is. But it feels like it sometimes.
1: There's but like, I know I,
0: I have to. It's something like it. trickle, triple digits anyway.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Far too much. However, now that you know that you can say, okay, I, I," you can almost make yourself a promise. When it is time to do that, I will do it.
1: And then you can drop it
0: completely. Not just for good, because that's not possible, but rather you can drop it every time it comes back up.
1: Right. I drop it now.
0: And then drop it when it comes back up, right now. Uh huh. That's the practice of over and over again, because some things, some future plans, Some um, documentation, some things, are going to be required in life. And so uh, we're not going to go hide in the back of the watch to not do that kind of work. No, we do it, but we do it well and with ease because it's not a worry. It's not a problem. It's just a task to be done. And um, actually... Not only does the task have to be done, but let us say some preparation. But now let us say, okay, the preparation should also be timely. Some things need to be planned well in advance, but many things just a little bit of advance. An example of that, going back to the visa, is is that many of the documents, it would be good to get them at one's leisure. But, oh, no, the government requires that some of these documents be done within the past six days. Well, if that's the case, then why do anything with the mind or even think about it until it, uh, six days before the visa time? And yet uh, the visa due in uh, January, the mine starts to burn in October. Oh, I've got to do that visa. Oh, I've got to get all of that paperwork together. In America, it's the same thing with the uh, uh, tax returns. A big, complicated deal for some people, and they mull, and they worry, and they strain, and they suffer, and they burn, and they burn, and they sit, and they cogitate, and they plan, but they're not doing the tax returns. The time to think about doing tax returns is when you're actually doing tax returns. (laughs) So this is the way that we look at it, the stuff for the future. Yes, there's some planning that needs to be done, but let's not make the same plans over and over and over again. Yes, yeah, makes sense. Go ahead.
1: I just said it. That makes sense to me. Yeah.
0: Well, that's that's the practice of the Buddha. The Buddha actually has a, an analogy. Of, of um, when he was a young man living in the palace, he was well skilled in the uh, princely arts that you would expect him to, to be, uh, including horse and elephant training. And so he used horse and elephant training in his suttas as as examples. That um, that when they when they catch the elephant, they will tie him up. Uh, but in those days, um, they didn't have chains that were stronger than the elephant. All they had was vines and ropes and stuff like that. And so uh, they would um, they would always uh, tie the elephant up by his left hind leg. And the reason they would do that is because that's generally the weakest of the legs and yet the animal will still stand uh, with maybe his trunk and the other three legs and stand with that and take that other leg and, and swing it back and forth, ruminate over and over and over again until he finally broke free. And then he would take off and go. But the, but the trainers, the men, who they knew exactly where the elephant was going to go. Where did he go? He went home. He went back to his herd or back to his favorite pond, they knew where he was going to go. And so they would go back and catch him there. And generally uh, an animal had to be caught three or four times until the animal stopped trying to get away. Because he recognized there's no reason to try to get away because I'll just come back and get chained up again And now i got to go all the work to get free, and then I wander away, but I keep going back to the same place and get caught again and brought back. If you think of that analogy the way that the mind works, eventually the thoughts that keep coming up, if we keep throwing those out, then they'll kind of get tired of coming back up, because they'll know they'll get caught again. But it takes a while. You can't throw a thought out and then it's gone. No, it's going to keep coming back and you throw it out and keep coming back and throw it out and keep coming back. And then we forget to throw it out and let it ruminate a while and then finally we catch it and then we throw it out. So this is the way of uh, the elephant training that we're going to actually use with with the mind. Um, And we can also talk about it in the sense of tethering, like they tethered the animal. uh uh, the elephant or the horse they'll use a bridle and they tether uh the animal uh to to a post so that's exactly what we're doing here also is that we're tethering the mind to the breath that's the post that we tie it to And when the mind wanders away, or when the horse escapes, or the, uh, uh, the the animal escapes, we bring it back
1: and we tie it up again. It so it it seemed to me like uh, in the periods where I have been more mindful that uh, that sati is just like the base, right? That's like the foundation of, and that's probably like the tethering to the breath. And then um, it also seemed like as I was as I was uh, keeping my sati and like through sitting practice, I was kind of like expanding what, was, what I was holding within my re- remembrance in the present, meaning like not just the breath, but also like expanding my field of awareness to like the body. Does that make sense? I'm probably using the wrong terminology. Um, give me a second chance. Tell me again what you said so it it kind of felt like I was kind of like building up momentum with Asati, where at the beginning it was just remembering to remember and then it was remembering to remember the breath and then and then I was able to slowly kind of like build up the presence of mind of of what actually was in the field of memory to not just like to be with the breath but also to be with the body and it it felt like more momentum of being in the present by doing that,
0: yeah. Yes, that's what brings you back to the present is remembering to come back and see what's happening right now. And And seeing what's happening, that's the investigation. We look to see, oh, there that thought is again. Oh, there that plan is again. Okay, and so we do that investigation to see what the mind is doing. And then we make a change if we um, think that that's a good idea. We can actually wake up and and recognize, wow, this does feel good already. I'm already in a really good space. I like it. Because we need to cultivate that. If you cultivate being in a good space, then it will arise naturally more frequently. That it does appear that children, when they're really young, they spend a lot of time in joy. They play with their toys. You can see how little kids play together. Uh, they have play dates. And one thing you want to make sure, and that is, is that you don't want any adults around, because the adults are the ones who are going to screw up the play. They want something. The kids are just having fun. And so this is a way that we we start growing up. And we do as children. There are wants and desires and jealousies and whatnot, but mo- by and large, most of the time is spent in joy. But by the time we're school age, that's when it all gets turned around. Now it's time to go to work. Now you have to sit down and do what you're told. Now you have to clean up your room. Why do I have to clean up my room, daddy? Cause I told you to clean it up. Okay, so this is all of that stuff to get started. And now, Uh, Each individual one has to give up their childhood play and start to take on the mantle of the unhappy adult. And so after we're adults, we've talked ourselves into being unhappy with all the work and all the plans and all the things that have to be done. But now when you come to Anapanasati, it's time to to turn all of that around. You have for 20 years or more or something like that, maybe 15 or so, been talking yourself into feeling bad. So now it's time to talk yourself into feeling good again. Yeah,
1: I I think I I didn't realize how much of this journey was actually uh, an attitude shift instead of just something to do. But it's been kind of eye opening at how uh negative and self-feeding my attitude can be mm-hmm. and unnecessarily so it's not something that it seems like sometimes i i you know i oh i need to concern myself with this when really i don't and it just like kind of feeds this negative outlook
0: Hmm. yes in fact you could go so far now as to say that the number one job that we need to do <laughs> is to figure out that we don't have any jobs to do. (laughs) That we do, in fact, um, we have been trained through our society and through the adults that we were around, trained that, number one, some things are important, and two, that uh, what makes them important is you have to feel bad about them.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: But if we recognize that, wait a minute, nothing's really all of that important. Things don't have that kind of meaning. That really, if there's any value in life, it's to enjoy this present moment. Yeah. Yeah. All of the gold and all of the um, um, Goldman Sachs uh, um, uh, statements and any of that kind of stuff does not really bring joy. Um, So we have to recognize, oh no, the outside world is not going to bring joy that the only place that we're really going to find it is the only way that we could have ever gotten it in the first place, and that is by it comes from within our own mind. Maybe I didn't tell you this, but there's an old story that I like. The guy's name is Ed McMahon. Ed McMahon was um, on the Johnny Carson show many years ago, and he was the one that would say, here's Johnny. Well, after the show closed and Johnny Carson wasn't on anymore, Ed McMahon took a job with Publishers Clearinghouse, which was a conglomerate that was buying up magazines because this was in the day when magazines were beginning to fall apart. In the old days, every household took four or five magazines. Now, I don't know of anybody who takes any magazines anymore. Well, during that time, then they were using promotions, and one of the promotions they would have was a like their own sweepstakes. So you can use this like the same thing as the lottery. And so they had the, uh, the television cameras and they would show the commercial on TV of him coming up and knocking on some old lady's door and handing her a big check for $10 million. And it was one of those big, big, big fancy checks only you can see on uh, television. I don't think bank would want that check. <laughs> they want the, the little ones that they can work with. So. The whole point is, is that when people hear this story, they almost always smile at the thought of $10 million. Just thinking a thought will bring joy. The actual $10 million, not so much. Why? Because with that $10 million comes auditors, tax accountants, new family members, people who are trying to sell you something. Greed, uh, old resentments, and uh, um, uh, revenge will come up. And what they have found over a long period of time, that they need to take these lotteries and dole it out over many, many years, because if you give the individual all of his lotteries all at one time, he'll... Make massive radical changes to his life, and then three years later he winds up broke, debt, um, lost his job or quit his job, lost his family. It's absolute destruction because of that kind of a windfall. All right, so it's not really a good idea, but the thought of getting it. The thought of getting a big windfall, that brings joy. So it's the thought, always, that brings joy. And generally, our thoughts, we can talk ourselves into feeling good, just like we have been for years talking ourselves into feeling bad. Your thoughts determine everything. There is a Sutta number 19 in the Majjhima Nikaya that talks about two kinds of thoughts. And we can generally break thoughts into two groups. Groups that are wholesome and groups that are unwholesome. Any thought that brings you to the point where you are happy and joyful and being in the moment, that would be a wholesome thought. Any thought that will take you out of being happy and joyful and in the moment would be an unwholesome thought. Even if there's something really important that you've got to do. <laughs> in fact, if it's really important, you've got to do it. That's guaranteed going to take you out of the state of being in joy. And at the bottom of generally at the bottom of all of this is an unsettled feeling that can be traced to the fact that we don't feel secure. If I don't go do that, then something bad is going to happen. Therefore, now I feel insecure because I have not yet done something in the future that needs to be done. Yeah. It's almost like that fear that we have now is the motivator that will get us to do the work. Well, if that's the only motivator that got us to do it, then... Maybe if we can get ourselves into the position to where we feel safe and secure, we don't have to do it. This is what the Buddha means by comma that leads to the end of comma. Now, when I use the word comma here, I'm actually using it in the flat old regular definition uh, translation of action or work in our case or a job to be done. So, any work that uh, we do is generally because of the old patterns, but there is a certain amount of work that we can do, or a certain amount of actions that we can take, that will bring about the end of action. And so, this is one of them, in fact, becoming secure means that you don't have to go shopping for weapons that that's something that's really interesting about gun rights in the United States. That what they need to do is to close every gun store and open up a psychotherapy shop on that site, but don't change any of the signs. <laughs> let the gun nut still think it's a gun store. And then he go in and get some therapy. Because that's what it's all about. All the weapons has to do with uh, they, they're feeling insecure. Most of the work that we do is because we feel insecure. So if we can get ourselves into a state of security, then we don't have to do so much. Now in this regard, at with Anapanasati, we can see it there, that the mind is burning, it's spinning, it's worried, it's doing something, it's planning for the future. That's a kind of a work. As a kind of action, but waking up and saying "Aha! Uh-huh, I don't have to have that thought," and then throwing that thought out is also an action. But it's the action that leads to the end of the old action. There's many cases where you can see that. Okay, let us say uh, that the cops want to stop traffic, so they do a little thing. They put up a roadblock. That's all they have to do is just put up a roadblock. And look how much traffic they can stop by putting up a roadblock. Well, we're going to start putting up roadblocks also. So that if we can catch that thing now, then that meant we didn't have to spend 15 or 20 minutes in heavy traffic of the mind, worrying about something because we're able to throw it out. Then in fact, it might come up again five minutes from now. Okay, we throw it out again. So this is the way that we do it. We take the action that leads to the end of action, and it almost always has to do with getting ourselves to a good state so that we feel good. And then those old thoughts are much easier to manage, much easier to control. But if you do have the attitude, oh no, here they come again, oh, these thoughts are so heavy. Well, that's a loser's attitude. The right attitude is: I threw you out before. I'm going to throw you out again. You're out of here. You are not going to make my house miserable. So that's this the is way good. To-
1: yeah. I you've you've told me this before, but uh, now this time that you're saying it, I've had actually more experience, and I've seen that I, I can do that. So it's uh, yeah, that's good. That's great. That's I
0: it. Can do it. I got it. I got it. Right. That's what I want to hear. <laughs> All right. Will you go practice that unit a little bit. and Call me back, and we'll talk about how successful you are.
1: <laughs> All right. Let's see that.
0: Okay. We'll, we'll see you later. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye.